This is Lorraine Christie. Let's talk about it. Hey guys, I hope that you had a wonderful week. I'm super excited about this episode that you're about to hear. I got to interview some of my favorite people, brother and sister Best, who have been married for 65 years. Um, They are the sweetest couple and I got to have lunch with them and have some tea and we recorded the episode. So you will have to pay a little close attention because um, at times it gets soft But there is a lot of good nuggets and a lot of good wisdom in this episode. So um, I hope that you enjoy it. And so I'll go ahead and just jump right into it. Okay, so how did you guys meet? Well, the way we met, um, I went into a restaurant for breakfast or something. No. First time I met, but but I seen you in a restaurant, didn't I? I said, Race that. <laughs> no, it's fine. We just talk. Uh, I, I was. Uh, he was working. Yeah, I was loading uh, uh, farm stuff out of a box car into into a truck, I guess. I don't know. With a friend of mine. With a friend of hers that I didn't know he knew her, so she was come walking down the sidewalk. Well, they started talking, and he introduced her to me. I said, wow, after she left, I said, I'm going to make a date with her. And he said, oh, yeah, that'll never happen. So a few days later, I seen her again. I made a date with her. But I thought she was, she, uh, she said she was 16 years old going on 17. Well, I was 19. That wouldn't have been bad. But... <laughs> she uh, he, he, she was um, working at this restaurant, so I figured she was sixteen years old at least. Anyway, yeah, and uh, and she was t- tall and thin, and I just <laughs> thought, well, you know, everything looks good. <laughs> so anyway, she stood me up. Here goes his first date. On the first date. So, I made another date with her, and I stood her up. <laughs> That's and, a good uh, story. So, but fine. we always wound up at the same place. Yeah, and it wasn't church where we wound up at. It's before we knew God. Yeah, this was way back. It was BC. <laughs> <laughs> it, but uh, anyway, we got together and started dating. Regular, and we dated for probably, I think it was about 11 months. And so, and then you got married or you got engaged? We got, no, we got married in about 11 months. We dated for about 11. We got married in a hurry. <laughs> we got married in a hurry. So, I mean, you guys have been married how long now? 65 years. 65. 
Okay. So, I mean, I feel like not back then, but like back then, did people get engaged or was it just you dated and then you married? So was there really like a whole like... Oh, uh, you know what? They just decided they wanted to get married. They, they, they asked them and... They just got married. It wasn't like, oh, you date and then you're engaged a yeah. year and then you get married. It's like you you date when you decide you're getting married. It's like, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> but, uh, no, he I was, was working. Uh, he was working away from home in Mississippi at the time. And he would come home on weekends. And so we would, you know, date. And almost every weekend, huh, you guys came home. Yeah. And then when we decided to get married, we it's kind of eloped. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I lied about my age to start dating him. And so his friend was older, so he went with us and signed as my dad. And we went to Greenville, Mississippi, and we were married there, and then we went back home. I went home with him to Mississippi, and we lived there till the company transferred him to Chapel Hill, Tennessee, which mm-hmm. is near Nashville. And we lived there. We liked it up there. We got to go to the Grand Ole Opry quite a bit. But it was so cold. Oh, it was horrible. And Finally, the guys were having to break ice to go up the poles uh-huh. for the telephone company. And they finally said, it's just too cold, let's go home. So we just all pulled up and went back to Louisiana. It was, we joked about it being the first commune because we always lived right close to each other, you uh-huh. know, and all the guys from home and their wives. But anyway, we all went home and we stayed there until um, then we went to Houston, Texas. Yeah, we went to Houston, Texas. Nice. No, when I got in construction work. Mm-hmm. So, how long were you guys married before you had your first child? Two years. Two years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was a boy. Yeah, he was born in Houston, Texas. Oh wow! So you have kids. Were all your kids born in different states with you guys moving so much? Uh, just him oh. was born in Texas, and all the others were here. In fact, Debbie was born in Huntington Park. Uh, I was 21 years old when we got here to California, and uh, she was 16. So you guys were youngins when you got married. Yep. So let me ask you this: If what would so you've been married 65 years? That's a long time. Obviously, <laughs> that's probably that's more than I'll be married with oh. my age and time. <laughs> um, what is something that you feel like you've learned the most about being married? To not trust a man. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you know you just have to work at it. You, you can't. Even though I married really young, I was against divorce, and uh, I just oh when I, we first got married, I was just a kid, and I thought oh well this don't work. I'll marry again. But when reality, once we married, it was different. And especially after we had a child. And and it, nothing's been perfect. But 
you know, the Lord has helped us and we've had, we've worked through things. It's, uh, well, she found the Lord in Houston just before we left Houston. And uh, it was, uh, what, a year or two later after we moved to California that I started going to church with her. And, uh, and uh, I went to the Lord. I went to the altar one night. I didn't even have any idea I was going to do that. It just felt like the Lord picked me up and, with a magnet and drew me down to that altar. And that's been 60, about 61 years ago, huh? Yeah, and... Or 62. And one thing, all of our married life, we've always, you know, loved to help people, even before he was in church. And we would take a trip back to Louisiana, and some of the, you know, young men that really had not had an opportunity in life, and we would bring them home with us. And they, they would live with us and, and uh, work and, until they could get on their own. You know? Yeah. And then later, uh, we, we were living in uh, Orange County, and our home was open. It was, we had a lot of military men that came and stayed with us, like they would uh, come to Sunday school, and then uh, they would go home with us, and I would cook meals and all, and then they would stay and go back to church that evening, and then we'd take them back to the base. Made a lot of friends. In fact, um, Jack Langham, his parents were missionaries, and he was one of them. But he was a Marine that come through our church. Just recently, he told my son, make sure and tell us hello. Yeah. Then, then one guy... One guy came through, he, he was a young guy, and he played a, a trumpet. Mm-hmm. When that guy could play that thing. Mm-hmm. He, he, he wasn't, didn't look like a Marine, he was kind of on the skinny side. But uh, the, the Marines jerked him up and sent him to Vietnam without a notice. And, and he left his uh, a trumpet at church. And I told Mary, I said, you know what? If that stays here very long, it's gonna go missing. And he'll never see it again. And we were closer to him than yeah, anyone we were, else. Yeah, we were close. He stayed at our house a lot. So we t- took it home. And uh, we drug that thing around everywhere we moved. And and uh, then we put it in uh, storage. Kevin put it in storage, didn't he? My son-in-law. Uh, and uh, so one day when we was living in... Texas, uh, this guy called and said, uh, are, are you the brother and sister best that lived in Santa Ana, went to Santa Ana Church? She said, yes, it is. He, and he told her who he was, and it was the guy that owned that uh, trumpet. He's like, can I have my trumpet back? <laughs> Before, yeah, that's what he wanted. Yeah. He said, do you know anything about the trumpet? And she said, we sure do. We, we know we got it, we just got to find it. And it took what, a week to find yeah, it. took a while to find it. I had so many storages around. <laughs> and uh, he, he was starting a church in uh, Fort, Worth. Fort Worth, Texas, and he wanted to play it on his first night. Aww. He didn't get to do that. I know he was disappointed, but uh, when we found it, we got a box for it. And we opened it up to see what was in there, and his little Bible was still in there. We so had we, not opened it all this time. Yeah. We just knew it was his. 
So I took it down and sent it UPS. And I told the woman and, and the girl that was uh, taking care of it, and, you know, what I was doing. And she, I thought she wasn't going to charge me anything. Yeah. She felt <laughs> like she wanted to pay for it. Yeah. She, it's been 40 years later. Yeah. About 40 years, wasn't it? Yeah. And he, like Ed said, he was really thin, you know. And now yeah. he's that big around. <laughs> Huge guy. Married a doctor. Super cool. So, do you feel like, I feel with talking to other married people, you'll see kind of where like their calling is as a married couple. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like helping and serving other people is kind of what you feel you both like your ministry together is tied into? Definitely. Absolutely, yes. Mm -hmm. And when we were in the Santa Ana church, um, the church was small, but it wasn't like now. You can't do that now. But we always made it to the visitors, got acquainted, everything, and would say, hey, what are you doing tonight after church? And we'd invite them to our house. And I would be in the kitchen putting together desserts while he was in there visiting and I'd be praying, you know. But um, anyway, I, I, we had a lot of friends that were created that way. And the one, they live in Las Vegas and his parents lived there, but they weren't in church. And he would come visit them and then come be with us, you know, come to church. And so he and my son got real close. And we've stayed contacted all these years. Even later, I was in Las Vegas on a business trip, and uh, I had a brand new town car, and it started making a loud noise when I, when I'm going down the Grand, wasn't it? it was right in front of the Grand Hotel, and so anyway, I, I had to get a room, and. Uh, And did he come help you? The... Yeah, oh, yes. I called them, and they came and got me. And I stayed with them until they said the car was ready. And then we went and picked it up, and they drove out ahead of me out of town to make sure I was okay. Yeah, we've helped people all our life. Is a, one young lady come to us and said, uh, told us who she was, and uh, we didn't know her. And she said, well, I spent two weeks with you. <laughs> She said uh, I was a teenager going through a rebellious time in my life. 16 years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, said so that was my turning point that time. And she lives at Simi Valley. That's so cool. Yeah. I was, this, I was a youth pastor for 13 years in our church. Under Harvey Davis. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, do you think being involved in ministry and having like the same calling is mm -hmm. something important? Very important. Yes. It's very important. Yeah. And like when we were building our church, he would uh, get up in the morning early and go work on the church till time to go to work. And then he, when he got off that evening, sometimes he would just come by there and I would bring dinner to him or, you know, he would eat later. Mm -hmm. But, um, I mean, we always worked together on whatever it was. It wasn't like this was his ministry and you stayed home and cooked. No. And it was more like... 
you did everything for the church together. Yeah, we yeah, did. Absolutely. And he was counselor at Theo Lacey um, Jail. And anyway, when the guys got out, they we had a, we called it homotarsis, but it was a house where they, they went and lived. And I cut their hair. I cooked their meals for special occasions, you know. Mm-hmm. He never told me what some of those guys did. If he had, I would have been so afraid. <laughs> You're like, I would not be cutting hair that no, close to them. <laughs> no. But, you know, some of them, they kept in touch. Oh, yeah, they kept in touch for years. Mm-hmm. Some of them went back to drugs, and one of them, the, died. we liked real well. He, he OD'd and, and died in the gutter. In the uh-huh. street, yeah. Then the last time one of them called, and I hadn't heard from any of them lately, but one of them called from, he lived in Las Vegas. He was working for a car dealer. Oh, that was uh, Utah. Oh, that's right, it was Utah, I'm sorry. So, let me, um, what is probably... I mean, I know that you guys got married a long time ago, so it's, it's, it might be a little way of thinking, but what is something that you feel in the beginning of your marriage that you feel now totally different about? As far as when you first got married, did you have an idea of what marriage was going to be like, and now, many years later, it's like, man, it's, it's different, or it's even better than I thought in certain aspects? Well, actually... Things have gotten better the older we got, really, you know. And when we got in church, it got better. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't recommend it if you're not in church. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Being married without the... I mean, being married is probably hard, but being married without the Lord is... I mean, Oh, I don't know how people make it. I really don't. Because you're going to confront things. I mean, we're just human. You know, two imperfect people. And... What do you mean, imperfect? (laughs) Well, anyway, but it's true. I mean, you know, because you each have your own likes and dislikes and your idea of what it's supposed to be. And I don't know how people make it without God. I don't. Yeah. So let me ask you this question. If I was going to get married next week Mm -hmm. and I could only ask you two for advice, to, to pour into me or to give to me and say, Lorraine, if I could give you any advice on what you're about to endure or what you're, the chapter you're about to go into, what would some of that advice be? Well, it would be according to what it was, really. But uh, Well, one thing is, can, or can you accept him as he is? Or are you thinking, oh, after we're married, then... I'll change him. Yeah, I'll change him. That's good. That he'll, uh, if he loves me, he'll do this and do that. That's the wrong concept. It doesn't work that way. Because, you know, in time, he probably will make some changes. Yeah. But... Especially if he's in church. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't be marrying him anyway if he wasn't in church. Well, I know she wouldn't. No, I know that. But... Anyway, that that's a, a big thing. So with being, I, I just want to, I really like that, so I want to hit on that a little mm-hmm. bit more. 
do you think with you guys being married so long, you've seen each other change? I mean, obviously, you've grown mm -hmm. in different ways, obviously, even just in age and, and maybe your beliefs are, are stronger or mm -hmm. maybe just your personalities changed based on circumstances. Do you think... Um, well, we've turned to be good friends. <laughs> yeah, you do as you... Age, yeah, so I was going to say, like, it becomes more of, like, you've seen people through their worst seasons, you've mm -hmm. seen people through good seasons, you've seen people through maybe cranky seasons, or, <laughs> and so it's like you almost have to just accept them. You do. You have to accept people for who they are. Yeah. And, and not try to straighten them out. Mm -hmm. Even know, like in church. You can talk to them, but, you know, and hope it hope it'll work but uh what we call pillow talking <laughs> no it is true i mean in every phase of life it, it really the same thing works yeah is you have to accept people for who they are and show them love and that's the only thing I remember one time I went to a series of classes with my friend. In fact, it was um, Janice and Chris, uh, Janice and Deanna's mother. She and I went to these classes together, and, uh, and and it was telling me how to win your husband back. You know, if something has happened and and you grew cold, it was a good class, but it doesn't always work. But at least you've done your part. Yeah. To make it work, and and over the years, you know, uh, they're in the lean times. You have to do what you can to make it better. To make it to the season where it's good again. Right. And I mean, you can almost look at that and even apply that to God when it's like there's times where you don't feel close to God or right. times where you feel like God's so far away, but you don't just walk away. That's right. You just kind of keep pushing through until there's a season where you feel like God is so close that you didn't even know how you felt that he was so far. That's right. And so, I mean, that's kind of like when you're married, as long as you guys have been, you endure a lot of different seasons, right. you know. And so I think that that's really good. It's really good stuff. So what would be your advice, Brother Best, if I was going to get married? What would you tell me? Lay some wisdom on me. <laughs> <laughs> Even just to be like a good wife or something that you think well, is important uh, to know. Uh, I feel like you would automatically be a good wife. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you have such a good uh, nature and personality that... Uh, and you know what? That's what you need. There's a lot of good personality. Right. And, and also, too, you know, a lot of, we have heard this, that women say, well, I don't, I don't iron. And I told him when we got married, I'm not going to be ironing, you know. <laughs> and, well, I don't get up with him in the morning, you know. He gets up. He picks and, his own breakfast. Yeah, picks his own breakfast. And that was one thing that I always did. No matter if he left at four o'clock in the morning, I got up, I prepared his breakfast, I packed him a lunch, and I would walk him out to his truck and kiss it by. Now sure. that wasn't every day, but... You try to do that as much as you can mm -hmm. to just show him you loved him. Yeah, yeah and I'd put little notes in his lunch and sometimes. And 
That's some good stuff. I think some young ladies need to hear that, <laughs> Sister Best. <laughs> it's not Excuse good, me. though, when you put a love note between a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and probably good humor helps on having someone he thinks yeah. Brother Best is pretty funny, so <laughs> that probably helped. Yeah, it did. Really, I can't believe some of the wives. I really can't. That yeah. they, you know, they, they say, well, I don't do this and I don't do that. And he oh, that she used to iron uh, starch and iron my blue jeans to go to work in. I did, but, but she stopped that a few but years my, ago. Well, because you don't go to work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> go to my, work, and she will, brother. Yeah, best. My theory was that it was a reflection on me as his wife if he went to work and he wasn't just top notch. Top notch. That is good. And, and the other thing, people responded to him because of the way he was dressed and and you know he felt well, they definitely would they yeah. and i had a talk with a group of boys one time young men they come to work with the knees out you know it's kindly in nowadays but, yeah. but it used to it wasn't uh, but you don't come to work with your knees or your pants out and you split tore up clothes on. I said, what if I wanted to make you a foreman? You know, people wouldn't respond to you. You look like a bum. <laughs> hey, that, that's just good advice in life, you know. I, was, I remember a few years ago, I was having a conversation with someone, and they were just saying, like, when you go to work, you need to, even if you're doing the bottom of the barrel, you right. need to look decent, not go in your right. PJs, you know. That's right, yeah. And it's like, it's because, and and that's another view. I just think like, and my argument was, well, they're just going to clean. They should, you know, but like mm -hmm. at that point, when you look at it at that view, it's mm -hmm. like, if they want to be promoted, how are people going to take them right. serious in a leadership position? Mm -hmm. And some of them listened to me. You could tell because they started changing, you know, dressing different. But some of them don't care. Yeah. And, uh, but the ones that, Listen, they they went places, you know. Usually, yeah. and when I went to work, you know, as a real estate agent, we had uniforms. Yeah. But um, I mean, I had people to, you know, compliment me frequently, yeah. and, and all, and uh, about the way I carried myself, and yeah, you know, and everything. And doing business. And yeah. But I think that's a good point, what you made about how, like, how he is, it is a reflection of you. So you, as the wife, as his protector in some mm -hmm. sense, have to do your best to make sure that he's looking as good as he can right. and, and kind of noticing the little things that maybe men don't notice, you know, mm -hmm. like, just all this, wear my pants whatever way I want to, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. And he was a good dad. He was really good. And he, even though I did... A lot of things to help young people, you know. Then he was always the one. He had the personality that was kept them laughing and would do things with them. And we went through in our day of the different things. You know, we had the Baja bugs and the the um, uh, the what was the one you built? The oh, Sandrail. Sandrail and. And we had motorcycles, and that was the thing when we were younger with our children. And it just like I said, he was the one that was doing things with the kids that way, while I would do 
cooking and, you know, having parties. We had parties all the time <laughs> at our house. And Charles Essig, who would come along, a guy, young guy. Ed, Ed, can Mary come out and play now? <laughs> Him and his wife. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I had my motorcycle. She had a 125 Elsinore. Sister Bess had a motorcycle? Yeah. Check you out, sister. <laughs> yeah, and Connie had a, what was it, hers? Was it a 50 or an 80? She started out on a uh, no, it was an 80. Anyway, we yeah. each had our own. But uh, I, I, I didn't do street bike, you know. Okay. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Um, if I, because I am single right now, what is some advice you would give me for things to look for in some and into a husband? Like now that you've been married sixty-five years, what do you see things that are like are of value to look for in a mate and a partner? Someone who holds a job and they they are. Um, you know, if, if they're stable, not somebody that jumps from job to job, but um, so it's faithful in church. That's very important. Yeah. And, and not just, you know, you want them to be faithful in church. If they're not there, they're not going to be faithful anywhere. Yeah. But right. um, That's a good point there, mm-hmm. Sister Bess. Yeah. It's true. You were just preaching all day today. <laughs> You think I can get her a job and making a speech in our church? Yeah, we can work. We can try to work it out. She, oh, yeah, she did sure. talk to Pastor Wilma. Yeah, we can get her talking. So, um, someone that's, you know, stable in work, stable in the mm-hmm. church, and what would be some other things that you could think of? Yeah, you just watch him. Yeah, his actions and everything. Yeah. He'll either turn you on or turn you off. Yeah. yeah. And to be, um, to if he looks up to the pastor, and and he follows the pastor's advice, because I mean we have known young people that didn't, and it was disaster. I mean it's not someone you want to be married to. Someone that's not going to be obedient to the man and authority in their life. Right. I mean, that don't mean that the pastor get by with it, abusing you. Yeah. No, 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 not at all. No. Yeah. But, but someone that respects the man that God has put in their life. That's right. Because yeah. when we were younger, I mean, there were things that really, personally, I don't think it was that God requires it, but uh, the pastor, that was the way he taught it and everything, and we did it. I mean, I, I wouldn't tell you things that it was, but um, but the Lord honored it. And now our children are in church. Yeah. Where we had friends that up and left the church and went somewhere else. Yeah. And lost every one of their kids. They yeah. had four, was it, or five? Anyway, um, the, excuse well, me. Right today, one, one son yeah. came back yeah. out of the whole group. And he's in the church. And that happened over and over. Yeah, and over. We, we saw it happen. Yeah. And then we saw this one woman that uh, she was in and out of the church, 
and she had just come back to God two months prior when she died. Yeah. But, I mean, her kids... about Anne? Oh. Uh, anyway, neither one of the kids are in church. Yeah. So, fine, that's a good point. I really like that. So, Brother Best, what would you, pro- you would say? What is something that young men that listen should be looking for in a woman? Well, lady. it'd be actually the same thing she just told you. Yeah. <laughs> just the same, just the opposite. Just yeah, opposite, a young yeah. lady that's gonna follow the the man in authority. Yeah. You don't have to be around a person very long. You you can f- figure out what they really are. Yeah. Uh, in most cases, it's, it comes out. Yeah. Comes out. You can't keep it hid too long. Yeah. But definitely, uh, you don't want some hothead. <laughs> you know, just, I know hotheads that uh, blow up and leave and don't ever come back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, marriage is a, it's a, it's a good thing and it's a fearful thing too. You, yeah. You know? People mess up. They mess up for good. Some sometimes they they can come back and make things right, but most times they don't. Yeah. And I think if they do come back and make it up, it's always in that person's head. Yeah. That he did it once, he'll do it again. Yeah. It's just not too many of us best around anymore. Yeah. I think that's true because I mean a lot of people now get married older and they're set mm-hmm. in their ways and it's like you were saying like yeah. you know how I am this is who I am then mm-hmm. I'm you're not changing me and I mean you shouldn't try to change someone but I ultimately think you should try to be the uh, the best person you could be going that's into true. a marriage um and I think the older people get the more set in their ways they get mm-hmm. so there's less room to move <clears throat> so I think in some cases marrying young and that part is is good to know like right. it's easier to change when you're earlier than later in your mm-hmm. life because then you get more set in your way so that's some good advice what are some things overall that you just think of when you think about a marriage or when you see young people getting married like what are things that come to your mind like what do you think about marriage just that it's obviously I like think he it's said a, i think it's the sweetest thing you can can do really yeah it's uh you know, and you know what? It don't have to be an expensive wedding. No, no. The most. I've had, go ahead. The sweetest weddings we ever attended was back when we knew the person did not have money, and and even the church kind of helped out with this and that. But when, at that wedding, we actually wept. It was that sweet. Just uh, it was so precious, you know. Yeah. It, it wasn't money. It wasn't show. It wasn't. It was about the union of these two people coming yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's another thing is, you know, people live between within your means, you know, with what you can, can really you turn afford. That fan on. It's getting. And this, this subject is getting hot. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot involved. I mean, but in, and you're learning as you go. Nobody knows everything when you, yeah. you know, go into a union. It's just you don't know everything, and it's a continual learning process. But um, because you do go through things and things you never thought about. Things you can't plan for, you know. No, I mean... I mean, some of the things that's happened in our life, there's no way I would have ever thought that, you know, we would be confronted with that. And I'm telling you, it takes God. It really does. And a, a, a dedication. Because you just, you know, you can't say, that's not going to happen to me. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And It really is through sickness and health. Mm -hmm. I know that you guys have been... You're talking about you've had some years with sickness that you've had to endure and you may not have thought that and so it's like mm -hmm. it really is when you say through sickness and health and right. richer and poor mm -hmm. you really do you may really endure all of those seasons you That's know, right. in your life at some point very in time. easily yes then when you start having children that's a different world too because every one of them has a different personality <laughs> yeah and uh, you got to learn how to deal with it. And parent to them, and also then still be a spouse, still be a wife, and mm -hmm. or still be a husband, and and be an employee, and be a member of the church, and be yeah. a parent. It's that's a lot of yeah. adjusting for people to to have to go through. But if you're not committed to each other, it'll never last. And then if you're not committed to God, that will never last. You know. Right. Well, I'll tell you. Some of our happier moments was when our children were at home. Oh, yeah, it was my and happiest moment. It was because, you know, we had four. The first two were very close. They were 16 months apart. And, I mean, that was, that was harder on me but because, you know, of course, he had to work and make the living. Yeah. But then we had a, a little breather and had the third one and then another breather and had the fourth one they were five years apart though yeah, yeah. but them you know uh, growing up most things happened while he was at work <laughs> well they did <laughs> and we didn't have cell phones like we do today and a lot of times he would be on a particular job i didn't even know where he was yeah you know so, I mean, those were days that you just stepped up and you took care of it, you know, whatever, whatever happened. If there was a problem at school and because it, my kids didn't dress like some of the other kids and, you know, didn't do things, there would be problems that crop up in, and I would be the one to have to go to school and take care of it. <laughs> or most of the time, he went some, but most of the time on parent-teacher conference. Yeah, I only went a couple of times, yeah. I remember. But it was because he would be, you know, work and work-related. But uh, anyway, as a mother and a wife, a lot of times you have to step and take the lead. Yeah. And I remember... Whether it's right or wrong. Yeah, I prayed with my kids before they went to school and... And I'm sure we read the Bible too, but I remember particularly praying with them and praying God's protection on them. Yeah. And and my husband. I, I know during those years of work that 
you know, would pray because that was another thing we learned in those classes that, you know, they're going, your family, when they leave home in the morning, they're going out into a world that's unfriendly. Yeah. And so we were taught that when when your children are coming home from school in the afternoon, have some soft music playing and have cookies baking or something. Welcome them into a godly atmosphere, you know, and uh, because they've, you know, been out there batting forces yeah. during the day. So you want a safe haven when they come home. And your husband the same way. I mean, he, and I think he would enjoy his work and all, but it, you know, create that atmosphere for when they yeah. walk in that door. That's yeah. good. But, uh, That's some good advice to implement because I know some husbands don't walk into <laughs> that. It's like, rah, 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 you know, <laughs> they want to go back to work. <laughs> so the only, I th- only thing she uh, didn't do is, is uh, she didn't punish the kids. If she thought they needed a whipping, she would oh. wait till I got home. And I, well, not always, but a bunch of times. <laughs> Well, she wanted to be the nice mom and let yeah. you do, and let you be the punisher. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing Bad was, cop, good cop. <laughs> thing was, Dad didn't see anything wrong, and, and he didn't <laughs> seldom ever he corrected them. But I remember one time, my son, he, uh, you know, he was kind of doing, showing a spirit that I didn't think was godly, and then he was being a little hateful. And I remember going into his bedroom and I sat on his bed. <laughs> and I said, I did not raise you to live for the devil. <laughs> you know? and anyway, he remembers. Yeah. But anyway, we had some conversations. And, but dad always, he was the one, he wanted him to like him. <laughs> he wanted to be the fun dad. Yeah, and he was. He was fun. But um, one time when he first started driving, he was going to Riverside for some reason, and uh, and he got a t- got a speeding thing. ticket for driving in the fast lane too slow. He told the cop, he said, "Well, sir, you'll never give me another ticket for driving too slow. I promise you that." <laughs> a year from the date, he was in almost in the same place. That same cop pulled him over. Uh-huh. He was speeding. <laughs> so he said, if, you know, it's better if I drive speed limit. <laughs> and he just learned that recently. Thank you. Well, him funny. and Ronnie Moore and I don't know who all the guys were, they went to a youth convention and uh, our youth camp. Yeah. It was up in Santa Maria. Yeah. And he had drove his dad's Bob, uh, and he got a ticket. They were speeding. No, they were drag racing down yeah. on the city. They was started out in the city limits and going down the beach, and uh, the cop was sitting up there watching them. But they got tickets, and they they went to court before they came home, mm-hmm. and they got them reduced. But it was still they had to pay the fine. Well, I think the tickets were about four or five hundred dollars. Oh, wow. Back then. But they told them they could make it in payments. And but so, but the, they went to the judge, and he did a little work for them. Yeah, he did. 
And so he, he came home, he never said a word. And one day I heard this motorcycle drive up in the driveway. And I looked at it, it was a policeman. And he knocked on the door and, and uh, he showed me this envelope and this paperwork. And I looked at it and I said, well, that, that's my son. <clears throat> and he said, <clears throat> and where were you? When this happened, I mean, he was like he was blaming me because my son was up there in uh, Santa Maria, I think yeah. it was, and it was Some, Grover City, yeah, yeah, because we lived in Garden Grove. Oh, okay, and when it went to the post office, they thought it was a mistake and they sent it to the Garden Grove Police Department. Mm -hmm. And he stood there and he chewed on me for a while, but it it struck me the wrong way because I thought, now why would that kid go do that? He hasn't said a word. He was driving his dad's car, you know, and whenever he got home, Hollis, he told Hollis, he said, Son, uh, You told me I would have. Oh, I told Edward. I said, You need to take care of it. Well, <laughs> he did. He said, Son, did you, uh, did you get a ticket out of my car? Did you take that? Hello? Or somebody else. So we was in the city limits on the beach, drag racing down the beach. We, you know, we, we knew that it was the city limits, but we didn't think it was anything wrong with it. And uh, said we seen the cops sitting up there, but we, we could have stopped any time. Yeah, I said, well, uh, who's? Uh, you said, did my car win? Who, yeah. <laughs> he said, yeah, I won. I said, that's all I want to know, son. <laughs> So she wanted you to scold him, and you just want to know if your car won when he was yeah. drag racing. <laughs> That's the way his correction went. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, I mean, it sounds like you guys have endured a lot and have overcome a lot and had some good laughing sessions yeah. because of it, yeah. you know? Yep. So. Well, we stayed very active when our children were growing up. And we went on vacations. We went camping a lot, and went to the desert a lot, like some of these people we see now, you know. <laughs> and then when they, you know, were had left home and all, then that was our time, and and we did a lot of traveling together. It's a good thing we did it then, because yeah. you know, then it got where we couldn't. But um, we've been in every state in the union, but. Five New England states and Alaska. Uh -huh. I was on the way to Alaska when I found out I had heart problems, so I didn't go. And uh, my other buddies drove off and left me sitting there. <laughs> so, well, thank you guys for letting me just talk with you and pick some advice. I feel like you guys have given me a lot of things to think about that I didn't think about before, and. Um, and so I just want to say thank you for letting me interview you guys, interviewing you guys today. So it was our pleasure. Well, we enjoyed talking <laughs> with you.